Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Hey guys, this is Danny J, and I just wanted to let you know about Find the Money Project Next Level. If you haven't heard yet, I'm opening the doors to my Next Level program after Find the Money Project. If you've been doing this seven day or even the 14 day boot camp, I get people asking me always, What is next? And so I really want to go over rewriting your money story and how do you do that? How do you get over the programming that you've had? Because one of my mentors says, Debt is a habit, and so many people get out of debt, pay off debt, and find themselves right back in there. And I want to shift that pattern for you and for just your abundance mindset. So make sure to check it out. You can go to ftmpnextlevel.com, ftmpnextlevel.com. So find the money project, or if you haven't done the find the money project challenge and you still want to go for that, please do. You can always go to findthemoneyproject.com and sign up for the free challenge and take all the steps before you move on to the next level. All right. See you in the episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. This is Jill and I'm here doing a quickie solo episode. Uh, We've been teasing this for a couple weeks now and we wanted to dive in and fully do a complete episode on the comparison trap. So the comparison trap is something that we hear from women a whole lot in terms of what they're struggling with and feeling distracted and feeling overwhelmed by looking at what other people are doing and feeling discouraged or feeling defeated as a result of that. So the reason why we call it the comparison trap is for two reasons. Because when we're trapped, we feel stuck. We feel unable to take action because we are distracted and overwhelmed. So we get to feel bad, right? When we're in that trap, we get to kind of feel bad. We feel discouraged, which can lead to defeat, which can lead to inaction. And that is the toughest thing. So as you guys know, I work with, and Danny does too, work with a lot of female fit health and fitness entrepreneurs. So people are trying to build their business, who want to uh, make huge steps. And here's the thing that a lot of times we forget. Whenever we're trying to learn something new, so for example, say you're a personal trainer or say you're uh, you know, maybe a health coach, and you're an expert in those things, right? So you feel confident. You don't have all that many self-doubts. You trust yourself. You have a whole body of work that you've built in the gym or across the desk from clients. So you feel on some level in that space, you feel competent. So then what happens is we try something else or we take the next scary step, whatever that looks like for you. So for most of us, it's maybe starting a business or starting a podcast or starting a blog or trying to build our social media, whatever that looks like. This is just an example. Of course, this can be 
uh, applied to, you know, anything, whether it's, you know, your skills as a mom or as a dad or in, uh, maybe even just with your coworkers. And so we're going to use the example of starting an online business because that's what I'm the most familiar with and that's who I work with. But again, these can be translated across different scenarios. And so when we're taking that leap into online business, a lot of times we have to learn new skills that we have never learned before. So we have to learn marketing, we have to learn branding and messaging and how to talk about these things and all the different social media platforms. What's the best way? What time do I have to send my email? How do I get email subscribers? How do I sell this product or service? So one thing that we forget is that there's a big learning curve there. And so as we're learning a new skill, guess what? We're not as confident as we are in the gym or across the desk. We don't have a body of evidence that says we're good at selling online products. We don't have a body of evidence that says we're good at doing social media. We don't really have wins in that area. So we know we mentioned this before, that confidence is area specific. So whenever we're kind of getting into a new space, trying something we've never done before, we're not necessarily going to feel confident in that area. And that totally makes sense. But a lot of times we expect that we should. Hey, we're a good mom. We're a good personal trainer. We're a good fitness instructor. We're a great health coach. But we have never tried our chops in this new area. So I'll give you guys just full transparency. You guys know that's how we do it here at the Best Life Podcast. Full transparency. About six months ago, I joined a very high-level mastermind. So I haven't spent this much money on my business in a couple of years. So I was a little bit out of practice. And as someone who is oftentimes a broadcaster or you know seen as an expert authority, I'm teaching a lot. That's kind of what I do. Of course, I'm learning constantly too. But in my space, a lot of people are coming to me and asking for advice. So they'll say, well, Jill, what do you think about this? Or how can I do this? So I'm used to being the person person who has the information, right? That's the kind of my, my zone of genius, but it's also my comfort zone where people come to me and I dish advice. And that feels good. It feels easy. But what happened when I got into this mastermind with people who are making literally, and that's not, not just about you know financial outcomes, but people are making five, 10, 20 times the amount I'm making at Jill Fit. They have five, 10, 20 times the amount of followers and fans on social media, uh, five, 10, 20 times the amount of email subscribers, right? So all these different metrics I'm looking at, financial, professional, maybe they are uh, happily married with kids and I'm like mid thirties and I'm on the dating scene, right? There's a lot of different kind of contrasts and way for me to look at this. And I got into this group and I was like, Ooh, I forgot that about the comparison trap. I forgot about getting sidetracked. I kind of forgot that I, that I get triggered in this way. And it had been a good amount, a couple of years since that had happened. And I was like, ooh, I recognize this now. And so at the very kind of beginning, I'm going, okay, how do I now overcome this? I'm gonna share with you guys today five tools that I used in that scenario and that I've definitely used in the past as well. So if you're listening to this, I'm definitely not an expert at this, but I have overcome it several times in different areas of my life. So one of the ways that we see comparison is in the physique realm, right? So if you are trying to lose weight, if you're trying to build muscle, if you're trying to win a competition, if you're trying to, you know, maybe get up on stage and do a powerlifting competition or run a race, in that physique pursuit, it is very, very easy to compare ourselves to other people. So I'll give you guys a super silly example, and I, maybe you can relate to this. When I was doing a lot of yo-yo dieting, so most of you guys have probably listened to the Food Obsession uh, podcast that Danny and I did, 
And I kind of went through this fluctuation, 20 or 30 pounds up and down and up and down all throughout my 20s. And I did that multiple times. And here's the really interesting thing. This should not come as a surprise to you. When I was, quote, in shape, when I was leaning out, when I was getting ready to get up on stage, I felt like a million bucks. I just felt like I look good, my clothes fit good, I'm at the gym, people are looking, I'm getting the affirmation, I'm getting the approval that I want, you know, all these kind of ego pursuits. But I felt on top of the world when I was getting lean and when I was in my power and when I was feeling good about myself, I wasn't looking around at other people. I wasn't worried about who else was losing weight or who was gaining or who was doing more weight or any of that kind of stuff. I was singularly focused and in my power. However, fast forward to after my show and I gained my weight back, right? Over time, over three months, six months, nine months, I'm gaining back 20 or 30 pounds. And now I'm feeling really out of my power. And I'm not saying that this is depends on objective goals. I'm just giving an example. In fact, a lot of this is really just an illusion that's in my head. But at the time, I was feeling so sensitive about being what I considered out of shape or out of my power that when I saw other people getting ready for a show, getting lean, doing the photo shoots, getting in the magazines, the things that I wanted in that time of like very high ego pursuit, it made me feel less than. Somehow someone else losing weight and getting ready to get up on stage made me feel fatter. I know that's kind of crazy, right? But we have it in our mind that there's some sort of uh, zero sum game where if someone is doing really well, somehow that takes away from how well we're doing. We kind of think that success is finite. And when I say that out loud, you probably think to yourself, well, of course, I know that there's plenty of success to go around. I know that you know there's plenty of money. I know that there's plenty of happiness, right? We would never assume that these things are finite. And yet when we're in the comparison trap, sometimes someone else's win feels like our loss. Someone else's win feels like our loss. And that's a really real feeling. And it's debilitating when you're in that place of feeling helpless, when you're in that place of feeling discouraged, when you're in that place of feeling defeated as a result of someone else doing well, it's hard to take action. It's hard to feel in your power. It's hard to feel excited. And so I'm not, I think this stuff is really normal, by the way, which is, of course, one of the things that we want to do at the Best Life Podcast is kind of normalize some of these insecurities that we all feel so that we can accept them. And then from that place of acceptance, we can learn the tools and start taking the actions that we need to to get back in our power. Because here's the thing objectively, we don't want someone else to be doing badly, right? Like we would never wish ill on someone else. It's just that we want to be doing well too. And sometimes the contrast of someone else doing really well can make us feel less than. And so I want to remind you guys, and so I'm not going to go into a conversation about abundance because we have had that in several other episodes. And really, we know that it's not a zero-sum game. That someone else wins, we get to win too. In fact, if I'm secure and someone else is doing amazing, I'm like, wow, that gives me an example for some for a thing that I can do or to show me that it's possible to get to that level. So while I'm getting triggered in my new mastermind, I'm also the most inspired I have been in several years because I'm like, wow, there's actually not that big of a difference between 
where I'm at and someone who's making, you know, three, $5 million a year. It's really not that big of a difference. We still have, we both have great content. You know, maybe they've been doing it a little bit longer. Maybe they've put some things in place that I haven't, but I can see their roadmap now. And so it feels accessible. And so when you're around that, I think there's several ways to kind of switch your perception. We'll talk about some of those things. But I think that if you're feeling really insecure, as I have plenty of times, and as I still do at times, if you're feeling insecure, it can feel as though someone else's good fortune or you know success is taking away from yours. However, if you're in a confident place or you're in a self-assured place, it can feel inspirational. To me, I I look up to people like Marie Forleo or Sarah Blakely or you know uh, Oprah even like these people who are making huge impacts. And I'm never going to be Oprah. That's not. But at the same time, I feel like you know this is a woman who worked her ass off, who has talent who is generous, who can be a role model to show me what is possible. Oprah's success, even though it feels so far away, Oprah's success doesn't take away from my ability. In fact, it gives me permission. And so I want to go through some of the ways in which we can start to overcome this. First is just awareness, right? So that's not number one. That's kind of like a little primer. First is awareness. How do you even know that you're in that place of comparison? You're going to start to feel um overwhelmed, distracted, frustrated, sad, defeated, discouraged. If you have not listened to Danny J's on how to overcome discouragement last week, I would recommend that you do that because she went into it a little bit. It is really hard when you feel discouraged because you start to lose confidence in your own abilities. And I think that's a really scary place to be. And so what happens is we become unfocused. We become distracted. Our focus, any focus that we had kind of dissipates and we find ourselves chasing shiny objects. I see this all the time. We see this in fitness. We see this in business where people are constantly trying to find that quick fix that is going to put them right back in their power. So in business, we know what the fundamentals are. We have to build trust. We have to put out content. We have to uh, create a relationship with people. And by nature, trust takes time to build. But telling someone to build trust, add value, create content, that's not really that sexy, right? Just like weight loss. Oh, just eat balanced, eat healthy, eat moderately forever and ever and ever, and it never ends. That doesn't feel sexy. It's not like, ooh, something else is coming up and it's shiny and it's new and it's novel, right? We like to feel as though there are workarounds. We like to feel like feel there are shortcuts and there's just not, but we will still chase them, won't we? Those shiny objects. So in business, you know, someone comes in and they're like, well, have you seen these Facebook messenger bots? Are you doing Facebook ads? Are you doing an automated webinar series? Like all these kind of very high level things that have a place in business. But guess what? If I have not built trust, then all of these kind of bells and whistles just don't matter. If I don't understand healthy eating, you know, going on keto diet is not going to help me. Going on a paleo diet is not going to help me unless I have food sensitivity. So it's not about the latest trend. It's not about the bells and the whistles and the latest and greatest. It's about doing a handful of baseline foundational things right and feeling in your power with those things and then we can layer on the shiny objects. And so a lot of times when we're feeling like we're comparing ourselves, we'll just jump ship with whatever we're doing because we're like, oh, this person's having success over here. Let's go and just do what they're doing and then we're going to have the same success as them. And you guys know that that's just not the case. That's not how it works. 
We see someone who's getting success with the keto diet and we want to jump on that bandwagon. Or we see a friend or a neighbor who's, you know, getting ready for a competition and we're like, maybe I should do a competition again. Meanwhile, we hated the process, right? We, why would we ever want to do that? We just like the outcome, which is something we're going to talk about here in a second. But remember, it is all relative, right? We can choose to contrast ourselves against someone else or we can choose to find ways to feel in our power too and wish those people well. And so I think that's really hard, but we're going to talk about the five kind of mindset switches and actual tactical tools that we can do to overcome this. So the first thing is awareness. If you're feeling those feelings, awareness is just about feeling the feelings and naming them. I feel discouraged. I feel distracted. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I want to do whatever that person over there is doing. And so I'm running around and I'm trying to do all these different things and I'm not getting anything actually done. And I'm not feeling in my power because I'm feeling unproductive. And so acknowledging that you're doing it. For me, it's an insecurity. I'm like, do I even belong in this mastermind? Like those were some of the things that were coming through my head. Of course I belong. It's just a belief system that I don't because I'm looking around and I'm looking around and going, okay, so this person's crushing, this person's crushing. And I fail to remind myself of the ways in which I'm crushing. And so that's the first, the number one, that I want to go over is gratitude for what you do have. And this is it's like super cliche, like, yeah, yeah, Jill. Okay. Gratitude. But really it's so powerful. So looking at the things that you're amazing at, what have you built? What's your body of work? So I'll give you guys the example. I'm looking at the mastermind and I see a lot of people making a lot more money than me. And I'm going, okay, what do I have? That's what amazing assets have I created? Man, I've been at this for eight years. I've created a, a movement with Moderation 365 over 10,000 people eating moderately as a result of my courses and my programs. Like that's not nothing. Maybe that's not $5 million in the bank, but that's a huge impact, right? So it depends on what we are choosing to measure. And so feeling gratitude for the amount of work that you have done and the traction that you have built in whatever area. So gratitude for what you have. And on the flip side, I love this because Mark Manson, you guys know Mark Manson, he wrote the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. If you have not listened to that, make sure you do. But he's great. And he started off as a blogger in like 2008, 2009. And his writing is so good. And he's one of the few people that I do get jealous of their writing because he's so good. He says that the most confident people are secure in what they don't have. I'm going to say it again. The most confident people are secure in what they don't have. They take ownership of what they don't have. And so the ownership piece is really key. So I'll give you guys an example. If I am wanting to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, constantly trying to lose weight. And I'm looking around, I'm trying this diet and trying that diet and jumping on this plan and getting with this coach. And I'm constantly looking around. Is there power and just owning the fact that I will never be a size four? I could go around and hope and pray and kick and scream and try every other thing to hopefully get down to a size four. Or I can just be like, you know what? Bottom line is the reality of the situation is no matter what I do, I'm not going to get down to a size four and stay there. So could I just instead own the fact that like I'm a solid size six or eight, like that's just who I am. That's just who I'm going to be. Can I just like own that that's my weight, that that's my size and do the best I possibly can with that scenario. And so I love the idea of being okay with the things that you don't have. And I think this is 
you know, another example of this comes up a lot with business. So as you guys know, Danny and I both, part of our lifestyle is we love to travel. So we have a, a work that is location independent, which means we can work from wherever. And a lot of times, a couple, you know, a couple of years ago, something happened to me and it was really interesting because I had worked so hard. Most of you guys know my story. I had worked so hard to get out of the gym. I was working 70, 80 hours a week at the gym and I worked so hard over many years to create a schedule that was better in line. I could create stuff for the online space. I ended up starting Jill Fit and a year later quitting my full-time job and moving online full-time, actually taking a pay cut to do it. And I worked so hard for that location independency and I started to travel more and I started to share my travel. So I'm in Italy, I'm in Sydney, I went to Bali, we're in New Zealand over the last couple of years. And I would have like moderation 365. I have my wine glass and there's a backdrop of a beautiful kind of landscape or sunset or something. And I had someone you know, I've had actually a couple of people be like, you know, I had a lot, I had started to have some shame around this. I was starting to get comments like, gee, Jill must be nice. Or, you know, if I see one more glass of wine against a beautiful backdrop, I'm just going to scream. Like, what about, you know, where are the crying kids and where's the rush hour traffic? And I remember just feeling like, wow, this is just a, an underside of that success. And I started to feel a guilty for it a little bit. And, you know, one of the things that was confusing for me is that I don't have children. So for someone who does have a family, I think most women are, might even pity me. They might even say, well, you know, well, Jill doesn't have a family. She doesn't know what that's like. She doesn't have the joy that comes with having your own children and being able to take care of them and, and ha be exposed to children. I always wondered why it was, you know, uh, more of a disdain for my light or like a jealousy around my lifestyle versus someone just owning the fact that like they have a beautiful family that I don't have. And so can you own the things that you have and also be okay with the things that you don't? Because I know for me, those things, you know, if I'm going to be traveling the world, yes, maybe I could have kids at the same time. But for right now, those, you know, scenarios are mutually exclusive versus someone who has like a beautiful family and the kids bring them so much joy they might not be able to travel like I can, but they might look at me and be like, you know, Jill's really missing out. And I would really welcome that message. I think a lot of people feel that way. And I like that because I really want people to fully own the things that they have instead of comparing going, well, you know, must be nice for Jill. I wish I could travel too, but I'm stuck with these little kids. Instead of that, say, you know, I love the fact that I do have, you know, this family. It's amazing. And I wouldn't give this up. Even if I could travel the world, I wouldn't want to give that this up. And I think there's a lot of power in that ownership. So number one is gratitude for what you have and also owning what you don't have and being okay with what you don't have. Choosing your perception, I think, is extremely powerful. So that's number one. Number two is building your own confidence and overcoming insecurity. So this comes with taking action. You guys knew that I was going to talk about that. If anytime I'm trying to build my confidence in a new area, I need to take action in that area. So, you know, for example, if you're starting an online business, again, you might know and you be competent as a mom, you might know and be competent as a personal trainer, but when you get into online business and you're learning all this, it's a basically learning a new language, you need to get some wins under your belt to start feeling more confident. And ironically, the way that you start to be able to take more action to feel more comfortable and feel more confident 
is by taking really scary action. You have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to take that leap. So for me, it's literally stuff like showing up to my accountability calls in my mastermind and not reporting that I made like a million dollars in quarter number one, right? I have a lot of wins. I don't have that kind of win, but I have other wins. And you know, it feels kind of scary to share some of that stuff with people who are quote, so much more successful in that way than I am. But you know what? It's making me better. It's making me get more uh, innovative. It's making me more focused. It's giving me access to resources that I never had before. And so I'm really trying to look at it like, how can I build my confidence in this new area? I'm in, you always hear that thing that's like, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Well, guess what? I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room anymore. And it's disorienting, but it is so, so good for my growth and it's good for my business. And so I'm overcoming some insecurities that I have by getting some wins under my belt. And so building your confidence in that area has to do with taking action. And so asking yourself, like, why do I feel so insecure? Well, you just haven't done it yet before, or you haven't been at it as long. And that's totally cool. But uncovering why you feel that insecurity is a lot having to do with reps has a lot to do with we can sit around and be like be confident and give ourselves that mantra look in the mirror and go I'm confident I'm confident I'm confident or we can just get on the ground and do shit and so for me it really does come down to taking more action giving yourself the opportunity to have the full experience and then see the evidence that you not only survived that but you might have even thrived right oh I got a win I wasn't really expecting to have I I only expected to get this and I overshot that I did really well there's a quote that I love from Mark Cuban And it was, someone asked him, like, if you could be anyone in the world, like dead or alive, you could just be that person, who would it be? And he said, I'd be myself. And that's the kind of self-esteem and self-confidence and self-possession that it really does take when people around you are having big successes, someone else, financial success, weight loss success, uh, having a new family, right? Maybe you're like, I just am recently divorced and my best friend is having a kid and has like this perfect family, right? And so that juxtaposition can feel disorienting. Or we can just be like, you know what? I really just, you can double down on who you are as a person. You can double down on what puts you in your power. What action steps do you need to take so that anyone around you can be doing anything else and you're good. And we know that feeling, right? We know the feeling of when I'm focused, when I'm taking action towards whatever I wanna create, I don't get distracted. Anyone around me can be doing anything. And so building your confidence has to do with taking scary steps. And so if there's an option for you to take a scary step in a direction that you feel unsure, or you feel it's a little bit disorienting or uncomfortable, That is the ticket to building your confidence in that area. Remember, confidence is area specific. In order to feel and overcome that comparison of I'm not good enough, right? That that unworthiness, we have to get some experience and get some insight. So gratitude is a big one, giving yourself the benefit of the doubt, uh, taking action even when you're scared. You're going to start to build reps and see that like, damn, you're pretty good at this. You can be pretty good at this. You're going to build some competency in this area, and that's really important. So that's number two. Number three, uh, is in, this is a nice segue into number three, actually. Number three is the two Fs, focus and flow, focus and flow. So this has a lot to do with having a vision of what you want to create. So people who are action takers, people who are creators, 
And when they're working in their zone of genius, doing the thing that they love the most, they hardly ever get sidetracked. And I'll tell you what, this is my number one tool. So I'm in this mastermind and I'm getting triggered like, wow, you know, so-and-so, you know, just started their business like two years ago and they're crushing it. Or like this person is, you know, making a million dollars in the first quarter. This person has getting this speaking and this book deal or whatever it is. And all this stuff is happening. And I know what my tool is. I know what my tool is. My tool is getting into creative mode. My tool is engagement. My tool is not looking around. It's creating something for my audience. It's looking at the people that I'm serving and going, what do these people need? What are they struggling with? What can I create from the top of my head that's going to make an impact for other people? It can't just be about me. It has to be about creating an impact for other people. Or it can be about me. And maybe I just want to like write a novel for fun. And so, you know, you guys probably know, I think I shared this before, that in 2013, I actually wrote an 80,000 word romance novel. And I've shared that here and there a little bit on social media. And the reason why I did that is because I was in a creative rut. I was kind of in my business. I was like, oh, I just feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not building anything new. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure this out. I, I feel like I want to create something, but I don't know what it is. And so my creative outlet became creative writing, came like fiction writing. And I didn't judge it. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I was a little bit embarrassed that it was romance because this is in like the Fifty Shades of Grey time frame. But you know what? I said, I'm just going to do this and I just need to have a creative outlet to feel in my power. And so when you have that thing, that you can create that puts you back in your power, that makes you feel engaged in a process, it's very easy to quit looking around because it's when we're in that place where we're confused about our own creation or we're confused about our own vision that it's easy to get distracted. And so focus and flow. So focus is having a plan and a strategy. What do I want to create? What am I, what am I actually doing? Who am I serving? The people who are in front of me what do they what do they want? What do they need? How can I create a, an online business? It would be a new program or a product or a free course or do a webinar just for fun. Last year I created something called Juicy Journey. It was just actually just for me because I wanted to create it because I knew that I needed that creative outlet. I was starting to feel like my stuff was a little bit flat, not for my audience, just like for me. I was feeling creatively like kind of stuck. And I created Juicy Journey. It was a 30-day just mindset journey. That was it. I was like, every day, I'm just going to post on social media, just an insight. I have a lot of things in my head I want to get out. So I'm just going to like create this campaign. And it's just, it was just free. Juicy Journey, 30 days. I was just posting on social, hashtag Juicy Journey. You guys can go and look at them if you want to on social media, on Instagram. And it was just a little kind of quote or a little meme with a message. And I did it for 30 days straight. And it was just a nice creative reset for me. And so focus is about what's my strategy moving forward? What are the things that I want to achieve? What do I want to create outside of the considerations of what other people are doing? And flow, you guys know what flow is. Flow is when you are just like, it's just going. You just feel good about what you're creating. You are in flow. It's like if you get up in front of a room of people and they say, talk about whatever you're the most passionate about and you just go off and you just want to talk about, you know, uh, moderation and you want to talk about how people, you know, go on these crazy diets or maybe you want to talk about how, uh, you know, people give too much credit to the scale, like whatever it is that gets you fired up and you just could talk on forever, that's when you're in flow. If you're writing and you're so passionate about something, I write like random stuff all the time. <laughs> I have an account on Medium, medium.com, which is just a writing platform that whenever I have something that just like a random thought that I want to flesh out and I want to like 
post it and I want to publish it, I'll just put it on Medium. Maybe it doesn't fit into what I'm doing at JillFit at the time. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going on Medium. And I, I just wrote one a couple months ago on women and aging and dating in your 30s, right? That's kind of off topic. But I'm like, you know what? I just have something to say about this. I don't, I'm not a master at this, but I have something to say. And I'm just going to like put it out here as a feeler. And so getting back in your power requires action. It requires some sort of clear messaging and creation, taking 100% responsibility for the process. And if you're not sure what to create, you can ask your friends, you can ask your loved ones, what am I good at? You know, what would you like to see more from me? What do you, what's your perception of what I'm excited about or what I'm really good at? Ask your personal training clients, you know, why do you like training with me? And then if they say like, you know, you're just so gener- generous or you're so empathetic or I can just tell you anything, then maybe you create a little email campaign or a little uh, social media campaign all about hashtag, you know, generous journey. I don't know. And you're sharing little tips and tools about how to make people feel, you know, maybe it's like empathy journey or something like that, where you're sharing little tips on how to make people feel good or how to be more generous or how to be more empathetic. And now all of a sudden it's a thing, right? That you, you get up in the morning, you're excited about it. And so focus and flow. What's my focus? What am I creating? Who am I serving? And then flow. What is the thing that I could just talk about for hours and hours and hours? And this really has to do with getting in your zone of genius and getting super just laser focused on what you're pumped about. If you're not sure, like I said, ask your friends, ask your family, ask your training clients, or just look out in the industry that you're in and what fires you up. So maybe you look out in the industry and I might see something like, you know, people saying like this cleanse or this detox or do this 15 day like jumpstart. And I'm like, this is all a disservice. That's the way I see it. So I'm like, you know what? These people are going to, their metabolism is going to be fucked up. They're going to be, you know, obsessed with food. They're going to be like, you know, obsessed with their body. It's just like doing everyone a disservice. Now the people who are creating these programs don't see it that way. And maybe you've even gotten a quick win with one of these programs, but it is my job as the creator of the Moderation 365 movement to put out something that shows that's my point of view. So look out in the industry and see things that maybe fire you up. When I was first getting started, I would go to blogs and go to pages on Facebook that I did not agree with just to kind of like see what the conversation was, what were the sound bites. And then I would write my rebuttal, not as a like, this is a direct rebuttal to blah, blah, blah. It was just literally like, I was like, ooh, I'm going to just create, like it just got me fired up for creating something. So number three is focus and flow. What's your focus? And then when are you the most in flow? That's definitely my favorite. If you find yourself being sidetracked by other people and what they're creating, it is time for you to get more excited about your own shit. If you, by the way, if you find yourself gossiping about what other people are doing, critiquing, I can tell you this, if you are a true creator, you have very little time to critique other people because you are in your power, you're creating, if you're pumped, you're in your power, you don't, you're not looking around and judging other people. You could care less what they're doing. It's not yours to police because you're pumped and you're feeling secure at what you're doing. And so doubling down, that is key. All right. Number four is the the perception or just the fact that our own struggles are always magnified to ourself because we're living them, right? So I'm like, oh God, I'm so, you know, I'm getting triggered by these people who are just like these super successful people I'm now surrounded by, which of course, by the way, is the whole re- reason you join a mastermind is to be around people who who, you know, ask you to level up or force you to level up. That's the whole reason you join a mastermind. And so 
you know, owning your struggles for me, they're magnified to myself because I'm living with them every second. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. And contrastingly, I'm only seeing other people's wins, right? We're not showing up to an accountability call and everyone's like, oh, it's all bad. Oh, I'm like, no one's really admitting that kind of stuff. However, we know and we definitely know here on the Best Life Podcast that people are struggling with their own shit. We all are. And so if we can just normalize that fact, yes, yeah, someone's crushing over here, but it doesn't mean they have it all figured out. It doesn't mean they know more than you. It just means that we're seeing their highlight reel. And for us, the gap between where we feel like we are and how to get over there feels huge. Because we're in the minutia, the everyday minutia of what we're doing. And by the way, this is called the negativity bias, where we as humans, by the way, this is just a tendency of humans. They've shown this in research over and over and over again. We are much more likely, like literally up to 10 times more likely to focus on the negative than we are to focus on the positive. So an example, maybe we post something on social media, we're sharing our story, we're like being really vulnerable. Maybe we're sharing a story, how we overcome, you know, overcame obsessive eating or body dysmorphia or whatever it is. We're sharing something really vulnerable and we get 10, 20, 50 comments or DMs from people being like, oh my God, thank you so much for sharing your story. That was so amazing. I really related, I re resonate with that, I appreciate it. And we're like, oh, thanks so much, thanks so much, thanks so much, right? And then we get that one person who's like, I don't know why you would share this. You know, I've never experienced this. Or you know what, this is a little TMI. Or what I got when I shared about, you know, my ex-husband's affair was, gee, Jill, you're so self-indulgent. Why would anyone care about this? And believe me, that thought crossed my mind. The reason I was so sensitive to it, because I was like, yeah, why do people care? But the reality was that they did care. And the reality was I had a lot of good insight and solutions to share. That's why it was a service. But that one person who goes, this is so, you're so egotistical. You're so conceited. Why would any, why do you think anyone would care about that? And I could, and the only thing I could see was that one comment. This is the negativity bias. So for us, realize that if you're feeling bad, that is magnified 10 times to yourself. And you're not taking into account the things that other people are struggling with because you're only seeing the good stuff. And so that probably explains when you, when you find out that someone maybe you look up to or someone who you consider to be a mentor shares with you something that they're struggling with, we kind of feel like, oh, we, ha we like have a big sigh of relief, right? We're like, oh, thank God you're human. Like if you find out that your coach has a glass of wine or, you know, that your personal trainer has some chocolate every once in a while, it's like, oh, thank God, right? I thought you were the stupid human person. I feel like, and not only that, am I relieved by that, but I feel like we're closer as a result of that. And I feel like I'm closer to being successful because even the person that I'm looking up to is struggling. And it makes us all feel more empowered to do more because it feels like we're in it together. And so there's a lot of power in remembering that, that everything that we feel like is a negative or that we're struggling with is magnified to ourselves, like literally 10 times. Negativity bias, look it up. It's a very real thing. And it can take us out of our power immediately. And just notice that you're getting triggered. When I got that comment about I'm self-indulgent, I was like, first of all, of course, I'm going to get this because it's already my sensitivity. Of course, it's showing up to me. And I'm also like, gee, it's so interesting that I'm getting triggered by this one thing I can't. Why am I blind to the 20, 50, 100 comments and emails that I've gotten saying that they love the show and that they're so grateful that I shared my story? 
And it's just realizing that. It's just going, okay, it's a negativity bias. It's one person's opinion. It doesn't mean it's the truth. I can take it in and maybe, you know, hone my message a little bit or even use it for teaching purposes, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong. It doesn't mean I'm bad. It doesn't mean I'm doing something that's not right. And so realizing that, noticing that trigger and then going, what's the actual truth? The actual truth, my actual truth is that sharing my story is a service. And I know that as evidenced by the fact that I got so much feedback in that direction. So for me, that's the affirmative, that's the approval or the, you know, kind of uh, affirmation that I need to continue down that road. And that makes me feel more empowered. All right. And last but not least, this is one of my favorites. This is number five, process versus outcome. Process versus outcome. Okay. So asking yourself, when you look at someone, you go, oh, I can't believe they have that, you know, they did that or that's so amazing. And I feel so bad about myself. Ask yourself, do you just covet the outcomes? Would you actually want that person's life? I think that sometimes we just want the outcome. We don't want to have to do the journey that it took to get there. So we can all look at someone like Nicole Wilkins, who's a top figure competitor. And whether or not, maybe you don't like that look, but you know, a lot of times she get her physique is coveted, right? She's beautiful. She's very lean. She's muscular. She's symmetrical. She has supplement, you know, uh, sponsorship, whatever it is. And we can look at her and go, oh God, I wish I had that body. I wish that I had the opportunities that Nicole has. Like, oh, she gets to travel. She gets to do all this stuff. She's so lean. She's always so fit every time I see her. Be nice. But we forget, like, literally, she's been doing this for, like, 15 years as a figure competitor, day in and day out, restricting, sacrificing, saying no to stuff, not eating pizza, right, doing hours of cardio a day, whatever it is that she does. And then ask yourself, if that's what it takes do I want that lifestyle? If that's what it takes, do I actually want that lifestyle? And I know for me, like the answer is no, like I do not want that lifestyle. So we can look at someone who has a physique that we covet. Do we actually want to do the things that it's going to take to get there? If the answer is yes, that's cool. Start doing them. But if the answer is no, then go, okay, well, that's off. That's just like off the table now. I don't have to be envious of it because I know that I don't want to do the stuff to get there. Maybe it's an entrepreneur. Maybe it's like an entrepreneur that's traveling the world and you go, oh, it must be nice to just like be able to stop, drop and go whenever you want to and have the money and the location independence. But then you think to yourself, like, would I want to be away from my kids? No. Would I miss my family and friends? Yes. Do I actually want the uncertainty associated with being uh, self-employed? Do I want the headache of that? Do I want to take the years and years it's going to take to build my trust business and my personal brand to get to the point where I can get out of my desk job or get out of the gym? Do I actually want to climb that mountain? The answer might be no. You have other goals, right? Maybe you want to have a family. Maybe you want to, you know, have a corporate job. Maybe you have a family business. There's all these different variables. So you can covet someone else's outcome but not covet the journey it took for them to get there. And as soon as you realize that you wouldn't want to do what that person had to do, then it can be off the table as like, you don't need to be jealous or envious of it because you don't want that. You realize that you don't want that. Uh, the third thing is like a celebrity, right? It's so easy to look at a celebrity and go, oh, they just have the lifestyle. It must be so nice. They have all this money. They get to travel the world. They get to do whatever they want. 
they're famous, whatever that is. But then you have to ask yourself, would I actually want to put up with what I'd have uh, cameras following me 24 seven? Would I want to have the accountability of if I do struggle, it's everyone sees it. That if I do fall up, you know, fall, if I do fall off this pedestal, the whole world is privy to that information. Would I actually want the lifestyle of someone who is in the limelight all the time? And it might be a no for you. It could be a yes, but it might be a no. And so this is the law of trade-offs. The law of trade-offs is, you know, I might like the outcome that the person has after the years and years and years of grinding, but I don't want to do that grind. So looking at the trade-offs, the person and the sacrifices the person has had to make, and then ask yourself, would I want to deal with those? This has been super helpful for me. It's really easy for me to look at other people's business. I worked very hard to, and I know Danny has too, to create the kind of lifestyle that I want. I've created, I've worked very hard to create that. And so when I look at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm like, wow, man has two and a half million followers on Instagram. He's got multiple New York Times bestselling books. He's a, obviously he's so famous and he has all this stuff, but like, I don't want to work 16 hours a day period. I just don't want to work 16 to 18 hours a day. I just don't, there's no trade-off. There's no outcome that would be worth all of that hustle and grind for me. That's just not the lifestyle that I want. And so it's easy to, when it's easy to take that off the table when I realize I don't want to do that. And so process versus outcome. Yes, you want the outcome, but do you actually want the process too? And the answer, I think most times out of 90% of the time is probably no. And so this is one of my favorite things is ask myself, what are the law of trade-offs? I actually like the way that I do things. And so I want to double down on those and I want to figure out a way to be in my power so I can get out of comparison. I can get out of this feeling of stuckness, out of this feeling of distraction, out of this feeling of overwhelm, like I'm doing everything wrong and everyone over here is doing everything right. I want to get out of that mindset because that's all that is. It's just a perception shift. Ultimately, comparison is just a choice in perception. And for whatever reason, humans are funny. And we will always choose to compare ourselves to someone who is doing better in a certain metric, right? So we live in a relative world where someone is always more or less than us, but we never really choose to compare ourselves to someone who's not as successful, right? We never look at someone who, you know, maybe is has less success in business and go, gee, I'm doing pretty good compared to that person making no money over there. Or we never look at someone who is, I don't know, maybe like clinically obese or just having a lot of health problems and go like, gee, I'm in much better health than that person. Like we don't really do that. We only choose people. And to me, this is, I don't know if it's sadistic or misogynistic or I don't know. I mean, I'm not misogynistic. I'm masochistic. I don't know if it's, well, which one it is, but it's like, why would we choose to do that? Why would we choose to look out into the world and, and it's a choice by the way, to look out in the world and choose someone who in whatever metric we're measuring is doing better and then feel bad about it. Literally, it's a choice. And so how can you feel in your power? How can you, again, notice that you're doing it, become aware and go, okay, like just like I did my mastermind. I'm like, oof, it's been a while since I feel this feeling, but it's familiar. I get it. I don't judge it. I'm not like, oh, this is bad. I suck. I should know better. I've been practicing this stuff. I just go, okay, here it is again. Interesting. I get clinical with it. I get objective and I go, okay, what do I have to do in this moment? What's my tool here? And for me, it's the two Fs, focus and flow. I know if I'm creating, I'm my power, I'm not looking around. So ask yourself, what are, what are the things that you need to do to start feeling more in your power, getting more excited about your shit, whatever that is, owning your lifestyle, owning the things that you've created, 
And if you're, if you try to own the things, you try to be grateful for the things that you have and you just can't make the switch, then what action are you going to take to change a circumstance? If you can't just be grateful and accept and own the things that you have right now, then make, let's make a plan. Let's make a strategy for what you're going to create. Not because you need to be a certain place by a certain time or because you have to be where that person is, but what's the action step? What's the one thing that can put you right back in your power right this second? And just ask yourself that. And so hopefully it helps you guys to run through them really quick. Number one, gratitude for what you have and also owning and being appreciative of what you don't have. Number two is building your own confidence through taking action, overcoming insecurity. Remember the Mark Cuban, I wouldn't want to be anyone else. How can I double down on my own self-esteem and take action so I feel confident about my abilities and start to get a body of work that shows that I'm confident? Number three is the two Fs, focus and flow. So it's how do I get focused and when am I most in flow? When I'm creating from a place of excitement and passion, anyone else can be doing anything else and I don't even notice. Number three is remembering, or number four rather, is remembering that our struggles are magnified to ourselves. This is the negativity bias. We only notice the negative in ourselves. And for some reason, we only notice the highlight reel of other people. And it's going to make the gap between here and there seem that much bigger. So just remember that as humans, we're, we are definitely biased towards that negativity. And just remind yourself to get out of that trap. And then number five is a law of trade-offs, process versus outcome. I might covet the outcome and be jealous of the outcome, but when it comes down to it, I really actually don't want that lifestyle. I actually don't want to actually do the things that that person does and has had to do in order to get there. Nope, I'm good and it's off the table. And so remember those things. Hopefully that helps you guys. If you have any additional ones that have helped you, I would be so open to hearing those. Make sure you join our free Facebook group at thebestlifepodcast.com thebestlifepodcast.com. Join us in there. Join the discussion. I always love hearing other people's tools, what has helped you, uh, and sharing those resources in our group so that we can all get better together. So hopefully you guys uh, have that. Make sure you get in there. Make sure if you have not already, subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. That would be amazing. And as always, let us know if you have any questions or you want to hear about a certain topic. We're happy to do it. All right, you guys. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. <music>